Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic, what makes the best leaders so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Lerito, your host today with a very special announcement. I am extremely excited. I think you might have seen it on social media because I put it out there. I'm excited. I said that, I know. I'm still excited. My book is finally published. It's out there. 18 months of hard work and years of planning. I now have Tomorrow's Leader, How the Best Leaders Get Better in a Fast-Changing World is out there now on Amazon, which I'm super pumped about for immediate download. It's available for pre-order for hard copy. Uh, Super pumped. So if you get a chance, check it out. Just uh, Google yours truly, John Laredo on uh, Amazon and you will see it come up. So real cool. It's, um, I mean, quick, you know, two minute, two second plug. It is really what I've learned in leadership over two plus decades of leading organizations and turning them around. I made a ton of mistakes, learned some great things. It's thousands of leaders that I have in the op- have had the opportunity to work with, meet and learn from. It's all that stuff packed into a book with lots of stories, lots of examples, all that kind of stuff, which helps, I think, make a book more interesting, but more importantly, more impactful. So I'm looking at this as a great book to help you implement ideas, not just understand concepts. So if you get a chance, take a look at it, and I'd love to get your feedback on it. So, all right, let me start with today's story. This is a doozy. Uh, I got to tell you this. I heard this. It just got me all rattled up. And like I usually do, I hear something, I see something and I say, okay, I'm going to do a podcast about this because I got to share this. Oh, so in any event, all right, let me set the stage for this story here. Um, and not, I'm not going to put any names to this because I'm going to protect the innocent, but this has to do with, um, with a, with parents, Uh, and their leadership, so to speak, of their kids. And here was a decision that was made. So uh, there is a um, tennis tournament that uh, was going on that uh, basically was, and I don't know that much about tennis, but the the object was that the, the players are competing at local levels, and they do really well there. They move on to regional levels, and they do really well there, and then they move on to the states and then they battle it out to see who is the best in a particular state. Okay, so that's the general concept. Now, uh, this individual uh, that that I had heard about is been playing tennis for a long time, obviously developed some great skills, did really well at the local level and advanced to the regionals. Now, the regionals, I think there were something like, I'm going to say... 16, maybe 20, something like that, players at the regional level in this person's category. 
Um, and again, some of you may know tennis. You're going to you know, reach out to me and say, no, here's exactly how it works. But I think this is pretty close. So it's like 16 to 20 competitors that are all vying to make it to the States. Now, to qualify for the States, they take this group of 16 or 20 and only the top four from each of those regions makes it to the state. So in a state, maybe there's four or five, six different regions, whatever it is. And then the top four make it from this in the regions, the top four make it to the state. So it's really tough to make it to the states, states, let alone win the states. Getting to the states is tough. Now, getting to the regionals was tough. So this person did a great job and they're a very, very good tennis player. So they made it to the regionals and out of this 20 or so people, this individual landed in, I think, the number four spot and secured a spot in the States. Like this is huge, like huge. That's like a big, big deal, right? So in any event, it's uh, it's a huge accomplishment in and of itself. So now you get the opportunity to go to the States. Now, honestly, just to compete at the state level, you are a state, one of the top tennis players in the state. So you are just right off the bat. Doesn't matter if you even you know lose and the wheels come off, whatever. You're still competing at the state level, like that's unbelievable. So the states are coming up in a few weeks, a couple weeks, and they find out the parents find out that uh, their their uh, kid. Their son was was ranked, uh, at, you know, finished four in the region. So at the States, you have now 16 people, let's say, competing in that category at the States. Their son was ranked at the bottom at the state level because they were fourth in the regional level. And they found out that their son was going to be competing in the first round of the States against the top ranked player in the state basically last year's state champion. Okay. Um, so that's not going to be an easy match. Not going to be an easy battle, of course. But uh, again, you're in the States and this and that. So what do they do? They pull their kid. They pull their kid. They pull their kid out and they say, you know what? It's just not worth it. You're going to get crushed. And why are we going to, you know, spend the day, go to the state championships and why, um, you know, why, why even bother? I mean, you're going to just get blown out of the water. It's going to waste. So why don't you just, we'll spend the day doing something else. They pulled their kid out of the state championships because he was ranked last going against number one. Now I got to tell you what a dumb decision I mean, honestly, this bothered me so much because here this kid is now, I don't know, maybe this was this kid's decision, I don't know, but you get very few opportunities in life. And this is a message to everybody, to leaders, to anybody, very few opportunities in life where you are the underdog and you have, in this situation, he had nothing to lose and everything to gain. What a beautiful opportunity to take advantage of because you literally have no downside and who knows? All it is is who is the better player on that day. Had he happened to pull out a victory, and we see upsets all the time, had he happened to pull out a victory, what a confidence booster that would be for that kid, not just during the tournament, for the rest of his life. Honestly, for the rest of his life. 
Yet the parents decided let's not even have him be exposed to the potential embarrassment. There's not even any embarrassment. I mean, so he got crushed. Let's say he, he battled it out and got demolished in the first round. End of the state's done. Okay, so the, you did what was expected to happen. You were ranked last. He was ranked first. You lost. That was what the predictors would have said would have happened. Okay, so what? Who cares? You still made it to the States. Why not at least try? So this kid now has to live with the fact that he basically bagged out. Um, I don't know. I'm going to say copped out, really, of facing a, a, a rival that was ranked better than him. Wow. What does that do for the rest of your life? I mean, honestly, now the worst part about it is he also took a spot away from somebody else. So again, keep in mind, there were only four people from the regionals and he was one of them that went to the States. It's not like they went to number five because he dropped out. That was it. He took a spot. So it's, it took a spot away from somebody else. So it makes it even worse. But the key thing is, realize, this is one of the best ways I've seen people grow exponentially with their confidence, is they take on a challenge that is bigger than them. When you are the underdog and you have an opportunity to do something that nobody thinks you can do, it is a huge confidence boost. I mean, I remember I was I was looking to, to run an office at Ameriprise and I had multiple opportunities across the country, some that were taking over offices that were ranked very well in the top 10 in the country. You know, maybe that's easier. I didn't think so necessarily, but I was a, I was attracted to the one that was ranked number 100 out of 110 because I said, OK, no, I, I'm ex, it's it's already failing. I can't do any worse. And yes, this is really hard. Most people can't do it. So if I can't do it, all right, it's not like there's much consequence. But if I can do it, there's unbelievable upside. And that motivated me. And I did it. I turned it into the number one office in the country. And that was a huge confidence boost. So it, it was an upset. My point is, this is not about me. This is about taking advantage of opportunities when you have them and when you have kids and you've run in organizations and you have, or you're a coach of a team, whatever. You are a leader, put people in an opportunity where they can take on big challenges and realize in those very unique situations where there's nothing to lose, like this, there was nothing to lose and everything to gain, take advantage of it, lean into it, go head first into it. Doesn't matter about the result. In reality, the fact is that you did it. You tried something. And hey, if you happen to win that day, that's unbelievable. The confidence boost you will get for the rest of your life is irreplaceable, unmatchable, unbelievably, undoubtedly one of the best confidence boosts you can ever get in your entire life. So while most people shy away from that, I encourage you, look for that. Look for those opportunities. Do things that people don't expect you to do. They expect that you're going to fail at it. Take on a new project. Try, try to learn a new language. I don't know what it is. Just try to do something that other people would say is extremely difficult, if not impossible. If the odds are against you, that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. You just have to relish in that moment and realize, hey, I got something really unique here because if I can get through this in any kind of positive way, my confidence is going to go through the roof. Most people struggle. I get questions like this all the time is how can I improve my confidence? Well, it's very hard to if you aren't stepping outside your comfort zone. It's very hard to get more confident 
Because think about it, the way that a leader grows, a leader might start, maybe they're running a two or three person team and they do well with that. And then it's impossible to think about, okay, well, how do I get to where I'm leading 10,000 people? Well, they lead two or three people and then they lead maybe 20 or 30 people and then they maybe lead 50 or 100 people and they're taking on these challenges. Every step of the way, they're not feeling like they're totally ready for it. But you know what? Eventually, they're leading 10,000 people and they're it's like second nature to them. So so realize that con- they have and they have the confidence to do it. Well, they didn't have the confidence before. The only reason they got it was they were doing something they felt like they were almost not capable of doing. I hadn't done it before. This is new. You have to realize that's how you build confidence. Take little steps. Doesn't have to be big steps. Little steps outside your comfort zone. Whether you fail or succeed, if you if you fail, that's fine. Go back and then try something again that's stepping outside your comfort zone. Eventually, you're going to succeed, and now your comfort zone expands, and now you're able to take on even bigger challenges. Your confidence level in terms of taking on new challenges goes up. If I'm the uh, 16th ranked tennis player battling against the number one tennis player, and I beat the number one, how am I feeling now about playing the number three or number four ranked? I'm Before, I would have been terrified. Now, I'm thinking, I just beat the number one. I can beat number three and number four. My, my skill set is no better. I'm no bet more talented, but my mindset is totally different because I took on the challenge. And I now, even if I lost against the number one, if somebody said, and it was a reasonably good match, and if if somebody said, hey, you know, you got you got a match against the number three or number four, I'm going to feel much better prepared because I know that's going to be easier than the number one. And I did okay against the number one. I lost, but I did number. So there's almost nothing that can go wrong. There's no bad part of this. So take on those big challenges. Be the underdog. Be the underdog. Be the underdog. Seek out those opportunities to do it. I guarantee it will transform your life if you do that. Okay, so piece of piece of advice from me. Yeah, you can tell it got me all heated up. Sometimes I get like that. But uh, any of that, hope that was helpful. Take it, do what you want with it. Reach out to me. Let me know what your thoughts are. I don't know. Tell me your opinion. If I'm totally, you know, out in right field, let me know. Um, so any event, uh, hope this has been helpful as always like subscribe, share, comment, give me suggestions on future guests or topics. And of course, go down below, give five star review, leave your feedback there and look for my book tomorrow's leader at Amazon. Uh, you can get the downloadable or the hard copy you can pre-order and thanks for tuning in. Thanks everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P dot com. Thanks. Lead on.